Five by five at the movies. Five by five at the movies. We like watching movies. Now listen to the show. That sounded very ominous. Uh, it, it's, it was supposed to be more inspiring. It was supposed to be like right before you go out for the big game, like ready as I'll ever be, but it just came out sad. It did come out sad. <laughs> Welcome to episode two of 5x5 Five Five at the Movies, your one-stop shop for movie news, reviews, gossip, and interviews. I'm joined today by my co-host Mason Shear. How are you, Mason? I, I'm great. This is my this is my second week. This is your second week. You're still That's in the right. seat. I'm still in here. You haven't lost the seat yet. Because there is not anyone more famous to sit here. That's correct. Yay. Me. We're famous at all. Uh, you get, you got, I mean, you got Jesse and Leonard Malton last week. Th- those are interviews. Those are different than hosts. Okay. It's different. All right, so you There's to, a hierarchy. If you had to choose, would you want a famous co-host, though? Yes. Why? Because more people will listen to it. Right, but people will want to listen to them. They want to hear it there, and then you're the sidekick. Do you want to be a sidekick? I will ride coattails into the sunset if I have to. I don't believe you. Okay. Well, that's fine. <laughs> we're starting care. off great. We're going we're gonna to jump into news. Uh, a lot of news from the DCEU. All sorts of DC movie news. Oh, uh, boy. Yet another article came out from Variety talking about how Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill will probably both not return as Batman and Superman. Wasn't that already locked in? Didn't we already know they weren't going to be no, here? No, there's been no official statement that says they're not coming back. It just keeps being rumors and articles. I'm going to I'm gonna go on record yeah. right now. We all knew Henry Cavill wasn't coming back with Mustache Gate. You think that was the nail in the coffin? I mean, that was right away him saying, you know what, nah. Because he could have absolutely fought that and said, well, no, maybe I'll keep that. But the fact that... He let the studio come in and say, no, he's got to keep the mustache for Mission Impossible. It's very important. That was him kind of slowly saying, you know what? I'm probably good if I don't have to do this anymore. So I think he was already one foot out the door before the movie even came out. Would you personally rather be in a Superman movie or a Mission Impossible movie? Ooh. All right, so here's real talk. I haven't yeah. seen any of the Mission Impossibles. You're out of your fucking mind. I hear they're amazing, and I hear they're really good. So I guess... I. I would probably say the Mission Impossible movies because the Superman movies have never gotten, like, other than after one, a little bit of two, like, it's just been downhill from there. There hasn't been a good Superman. Go watch those movies immediately. Okay. Uh, So you want to hear what Variety officially reports? No. Well, I'm going to say it anyway. Following the box office disappointment of Justice League, Warner Brothers has been reevaluating the approach to making movies based on DC comic characters. The studio is not moving forward with Batman and Superman movies, featuring Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill, respectively. It is expected to recast The Dark Knight with a different actor. Well, they also recast, like, everybody already. There's multiple Joker movies coming. Yeah, like, there's a Joaquin. Multiple. Now, now the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, yep. he's supposed to be younger than yeah, the Jared like a, Leto Joker? I'm pretty sure it's an origin Joker okay, movie. Okay, because Jared Leto Joker was, like, 26 years old. Right. Joaquin Phoenix is in his late 60s. You gotta... <laughs> you gotta have a suspension of disbelief when you go to the movies. I'm just saying, like, I don't... I mean... I don't believe the. Well, I guess the more successful Joker gets, the younger he looks. I like Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix would be great. He'd be a great Joker. Now, so they're recasting Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill. Are they gonna? You think go with no name actors? It's always the smart move. It's always smart to go no name, because every time I look at Ben Affleck, Batfleck, all I think of is Goodwill Hunting. That's all I think about. Ben Affleck was an amazing... Retainer! He was an retainer. amazing Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he was and a great like, Bruce Wayne. I, 
Now let's say this. Can you have a different actor play the alter ego and the superhero? Is that feasible? Yeah, because sometimes the, the, the hero is just CGI. I mean, I, I can see that. Like, I mean, but is it possible you could have Ben Affleck still as Bruce Wayne, but all like the Batman stuff is just some stunt guy? It'll never happen. Right, you no. you want to save money, just pay Ben Affleck less. That, I mean, you're not wrong. That's right. That's, I mean, there's no insightful commentary for this because there's no real news. It's just they might not be coming back. So we don't know necessarily. I don't think they're going to come back. I think everybody just once this round of movies gets out, they're just going to like wash their hands of it and try again. Because that's been the DC Universe's motto from day one is, you know what? We're going to try. That didn't work. Let's just try something else. Speaking of... Uh, Flash, the movie, the standalone with Ezra Miller from the DCEU has been postponed again because he's going to be busy filming Fantastic Beasts 3. Ooh, that's a gamble. Because they're both owned by Warner Brothers, so it's like, are we going to dump more money and postpone Fantastic Beasts to have this Flash movie, uh, which is a bad move because the Harry Potter fans outnumber the DC fans. By quite a bit. Also, he's he's not the lead of Fantastic Beasts. He's not, but he's a main character, and I have a feeling from the trailers that in Fantastic Beasts 2, he's going to become even more important. I, I mean... I'm pretty sure he's going to be like the lieutenant of Grindelwald. It's kind of like Depp. it's kind of like when way back in the day when James Marsden couldn't come back for X-Men because he was Jimmy Olsen's buddy in Superman. Is that... He wasn't Jimmy Olsen's buddy, he was Perry White's son. Oh, I'm sorry. I misspoke. He was definitely the second build in that movie. He was definitely it's it's he different. was definitely in the top five names of the credits. Look, if that run of Superman had done well, he might have been a more major character. We don't know. That might have been setting him up. I mean, if I was going to give up being Cyclops, it's probably because I have a promise of being something bigger in a different movie. I don't know. Perry... Perry I, again, son. I don't know comics. Is that a does that does that son turn into somebody big? No. Is that so? Okay, so it's just no a person versus Cyclops. Cyclops is big. Cyclops yeah, but those is... movies were brutally awful. Okay, no history has because three has tainted everybody. One and two are amazing. Two is not amazing. One's okay. I think two doesn't two go down in history. Like, isn't that like if you ever like pull up a list of like the top movies like superhero X2? movies? Two. I thought X two is like on the list of like it's in like the top five like greatest superhero movies of all time. I did not care for it. I did not care. Cool. The only DC movie I'm excited for is Shazam. That Shazam's looks amazing. Gonna cool. Shazam's gonna be cool. Shazam's gonna be it's gonna be standalone. It's gonna have nothing to do with anyone else. It's not gonna be dark. It's gonna be fun. They're making to make fun of a little boy getting a man's penis by saying a word. They're gonna be like, I don't even know what to do with this thing. It's gonna be amazing. Is that the is the, the Rock's not in that one? No, he was originally supposed to play Black Adam. Okay, so oh, is he not? I thought he still was playing Black Adam. I have no idea. I thought he was, or I thought like maybe that movie was also postponed, but I could be wrong. That's the one I would Black for. Adam. Uh, from what I understand, it was supposed to be in Shazam, but they cut out all his parts because they want to go a lot darker with Black Adam. Okay. That's what I heard. That's the one I want to see. I want to see The Rock movie. Be Black Adam? Yes. Evil Shazam? That's going to be great. That's what he is, Evil Shazam. Yeah, that's going to be great. Speaking of dark rated R movies, Todd McFarlane promises that his forthcoming Spawn movie will make 10-year-olds cry. That's his statement. O okay, I guess. I... <laughs> Is that the goal? Yes. I mean, I mean, when Spawn came out, I mean, McFarlane was known for like his horrific, kind of uh, visual, visceral 
reaction from people when he was making these comics. I didn't know he made Venom. Did you know he made Venom? Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah. And after watching the Venom movie, I'm like, okay, the technology is there to make Spawn amazing. But he I, wants to I get know super dark. The Spawn movies were in the '90s. When was Spawn movie? Movie. Oh, there was only movie. one. There's one Spawn movie. Oh, what am I thinking of? I thought there were three know. of them. Nope. One. Okay. Oh wait, I'm I'm thinking of Blade. That's you are thinking of Blade. <laughs> it was Blade Trinity. That's what I'm thinking of. I, I thought there were three Spawn movies. I didn't know there was just Ooh. the one. All right, well then this solidifies my point even further that like it's a '90s movie, so it hasn't come back in a while. But I don't think Spawn is as prevalent in pop culture anymore. Because it's not. With and like the big superhero wave, I think Spawn is going to be treated kind of like how Ant Man was treated in the sense of now we're getting down to the lower, not the lower tier superheroes, but more of the not as recognizable superheroes. I think it's going to be more like how Hellboy was that it's going to. Just have a, a more specific fan base. Okay. Not a lesser fan base. But this, the original Spawn also had positive reviews. People still liked it, and they still cherished, they cherished that movie. I'm sure that's true. Did it have positive reviews? I thought it did. I thought people still hold it up, and they... I know John Leguizamo stole that goddamn show as a violator. <laughs> Name a movie he's in he doesn't steal. Romeo and Juliet. False. Okay. Fair. <laughs> I love John Leguizamo. He's the man. He's really good at playing short characters. I'm not sure if he's short in real life or in person. He just seems to play a lot of short characters. He's got that, yeah. Last piece of news I want to talk about. uh, Amblin Entertainment, Steven Spielberg's company with the shittiest logo of all time. What is the logo? I'm confused. It's (laughs) E.T. flying over the word Amblin, and I hate it. But uh, they've picked up another Michael Crichton book property, which we know they do well on. Okay. It's called Micro. Have you ever heard of Micro? It came no. out in 2015. No. What is Micro? It's about graduate students who are miniaturized and let loose in the rainforest and then have to kind of fend for themselves with their knowledge of science. Okay, so so not quite Fantastic Voyage, but no. similar and like the... It, it might be kind of similar to a Rick Moranis property. Oh, really? Yes, that's what I'm getting at. I think it's going to be adult Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh my god, that would be amazing. If there's not an ant that they befriend, I'm going to be really upset. Okay, you can, You have to. Like, the whole point, if you, like, you shrink down... You become friends with an ant. That's Ant-Man. Yeah. Okay, so so they're doing Ant-Man, but in the woods. No, it's more like... A, I think it's going to be like a horror version of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Ooh. That's what I think. All right, so it's oh, see, I'm worried about that because I feel like the tempt the temptation is going to be make it gross. So it's going to be make it like even when you horror, then you're gonna have like the big bug like attack them, and you're just gonna see like the inside, the underbelly, just like the big fangs and stuff. And yeah, I want to see someone eaten by bugs. That's what like that, that's gross. That's not horror. Like you know that scene in Jurassic Park two when the T Rexes pull the guy apart. It's yes. Like that, but with ants. Ooh. That's that's my thought. Oh that's yeah, and it could probably be like whatever, uh, whatever kind of the bug that would like spits venom out, or just kind of like bites, and just like you can see them just the yeah. so that it's gonna be gross. I don't think it's gonna be scary and horror. It's gonna be. I'll tell you what, I won't see it because that is, <laughs> that is not my genre of film. You don't that's, like horror. I don't like horror. I don't like. Gross. I don't know for a fact. I think it's. I think they're gonna go for a very dark kind of. The way Jurassic Park so affected it, us when we were kids. Wait, it's Amblin, so but it's not Steven Spielberg. No, it's just his company. Okay, so his up. company is doing. All right, that. Ooh, what are? Do you know other things Amblin has done? Because right now I'm. No, up. I won't watch anything that has the Amblin logo on it because the logo is ET. The Animaniacs is Amblin. Yeah, and I don't watch it. 
I don't believe you. Okay, I've watched it. I just don't <laughs> right. like you too. Right, yeah, no. And but like there's does that company have a horror background or is it more kid friendly? Because that'll definitely influence how this will actually end up they, being. They do a wide range of stuff. I don't, I don't know for a fact it's gonna be horror. I just think it's gonna be really dark. And like the, like, like I said, the way Jurassic Park affected us as kids, how that T Rex was to me the most scary movie monster of all time. I I saw all the Jurassic Park movies. I don't think it impacted me as much. When I was little, I was I think it was ten when Jurassic Park came out and I went to go see it. I thought the T Rex was the scariest thing I've ever seen on a movie screen. Yeah. Well, I get, well, the first one came out in '93, so I was three years old. So I okay, probably I was, did not see it. I was see not ten. It. <laughs> it was '93. I was eight. Yeah. So I did not see it in theaters, but I remember seeing Jurassic Park three for a birthday party in a movie well, theater. Well, that movie's not scary. It was no. goofy. All right. So I guess I guess I am slightly too young to have that for Jurassic Park in that whole world. You're a child. I am a baby. All right. Let's talk about the first man controversy. Oh boy, this is gonna be. Fun. So, First Man, which is the uh, biopic about Neil Armstrong, came out, and there's a bunch of people angry online that there is no scene of him planting the United States flag into the moon. What do is, you have to say about that? Is that the controversy? Because That's what I thought it was. The lo- well, a lot of people, uh, obvi- yes, obviously that is the controversy. A lot of people are freaking out because they, right. they don't see the flag. However, the basis of this controversy seems awfully fishy. It seems awfully suspicious, like it's coming from a group of people who haven't seen the movie, and they're hearing word of mouth, and they're just spouting out immediately. Because from what I understand, the flag is in the movie. You see it on the moon. Spoiler alert, we went to the moon. I mean... That happened. I mean, we don't know that for a fact. We went to a a soundstage. (laughs) We planted the flag on the soundstage, and then we were all set. Kubrick directed. But I I guess... we went to the moon. I guess I'm... That isn't gonna change. Maybe I'm out of a different generation because obviously this came. This was in '69 when the moon landing happened, so right. I don't have that visual image of Neil Armstrong planting the flag on the moon. When I think of the moon landing, I think of when he hops off the lander and he does the first hop and says the the one small step for man thing. In my mind, I don't even see him planting the flag. Yeah, and and this movie is not even really about that. That movie is all about his personal struggles and him. Just the whole process. This is, like, if you want to just watch the moon landing, watch the moon landing. This is about Neil Armstrong, the guy, and the whole setup and the whole story to get to that part. There's also, so much more to the movie beyond just this one visual moment. I hear that like he himself did not fancy himself an American hero, but rather like a mankind hero, which is a baller move, by the way. <laughs> I'm not an American hero. I'm a hero to the entire world. I Thank mean, you. Yes, that is completely accurate. He is, but yeah. It, it seems like it's a bunch of, just for the sake of riling people up, for the sake of riling people up. Like, it's not... Get a life. <laughs> Figure yeah. something else to be... There's so much shit to be angry about. Why are you going to be angry about Ryan Gosling not putting a flag in the moon? Every person who has said this, you can ask... I mean, you will find them. They will say. They will let you know in their comment. They have not seen the movie. They will not see the movie. So at this point, you're just being outraged for the sake of being outraged. See the movie, then complain after the fact. Which is the most American thing you could possibly be. Right, God bless America. Like, they're, you're just mad for the sake of being mad. It's like, this is what I heard, and I won't stand for it, and how dare you? It's like, yeah, shut up. Just watch the movie, enjoy the movie, enjoy the experience. This is the group of people who will not enjoy the experience because it all hinges on this one moment, and that's dumb. Did you know that I have to issue an apology to our listeners? Yes, I do know you have to issue an I apology. I have to issue. Uh, last week, I said that I believed. Go on. I believe that Mike Brady uh, adopted his boys, but that is not true. No, of course it's not. So the story is that he is the widower, so his wife died, 
and that Carol got a divorce. But they weren't allowed to say that when it came out. So it was just implied that Carol got a divorce and got all the kids in the divorce, which yeah. was normal at the time, and married Mike, who was a widower. Right. Well, it's also part of, like, that was that era of television where you can't even really see the husband and wife in bed together doing any, like, like not even, like, just, like... Just... That, but that, that show was the first time they actually had the beds pushed together. But they never showed them kiss or anything. They just pulled the covers up, and that was always right. the sign of, like... But also beds pushed together, not husband and wife share a bed which is how they do but it was still too wholesome and too you can't do that but man yeah no I was wrong they're clearly okay two families put together and then cousin Oliver was in the mix and it was all wonderful at what point (laughs) whose cousin is he is he on the he's blonde so I guess he's on the on the he's gotta be on the wife's side yeah I feel like he's had more he had more stuff with Carol he's he's a Targaryen not a Baratheon I don't get that reference I know you don't it's fine I get what the reference is of, but imagine those formative years if you were a Brady and you have roughly, you know, a girl living with you that's not a blood relative but is also kind of your sister now. I think at the same age. I think it was easier for Bobby and Cindy, the youngest, right? Because they don't have hormones yet. Exactly, because they haven't hit. Like there was a whole episode when Peter hit puberty. That must have been the worst. Oh, that poor child actor. He did the best out of all of them, after the fact, didn't he? I don't remember. I haven't followed up with my Brady trivia, he, obviously. He he uh, he married uh, the chick from America's Next Top Model, like the first one. Really? Yeah, they were together for many years. They broke up a few years ago. We're just going to change this to a 5x5 five five about the Brady Bunch. Brady we're just gonna, every single episode, we're going to talk about the Brady Bunch. Every segment is Having about the Brady. not even be experts on the Brady Bunch. Oh, yeah, itself. no, just one 25-minute segment every time about the Brady Bunch and every movie. Damn you, Tiki Idol. That's, ooh, that's Damn you, Tiki Idol. <laughs> that's next week. Next week, we're going to talk right, about the deal. history. So this is 5x5 five five with the movies and 5x5 five five about the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Uh, let's get to our interview. This time, this is another interview I recorded at Fantastic Fest, this time with producer Rita Walsh. Uh, she produced a film called I Used to Be Normal, a boy band fangirl story. Ooh, I Used to Be Normal. That sounds... It follows three different girls in three generations whose lives were uprooted and changed because of how obsessed they are with a specific boy band. Ooh, okay, and it's different generations. It's going to be different, like, eras of boy yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that sounds... I, I, I guess I'm lucky in the sense that I never had to follow an act like that. Like, I never had, like, that diehard fandom of something that I had the poster on the wall, but... You have a lot of fandoms that you're very... Like, yeah, but I'm not following, like, a boy band where it's obsessively changing my you're life You're wearing around. a Power Rangers necklace and a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles bracelet right now. Right, but I'm not, like, president of their fan club. That's and absurd. being uprooting my life. Like, okay. it hasn't influenced my life in a way. And I know the first thing I asked her in the interview, if I recall correctly, I said I know and then I said I recall, uh, is she makes the bold statement of saying the Beatles are a boy band. Yes. Okay. So that's a bold statement. I agree. So here is my interview with Rita Walsh, producer of I Used to Be Normal, a boy band fangirl story. Swoosh. <laughs> Swoosh? <laughs> We're here with Rita Walsh. Hi, everyone. Five by Five the Movies, another Fantastic Fest interview. Rita, tell everyone why you're at Fantastic Fest. I am here as the producer of I Used to Be Normal, a boy band fangirl story. I'm so excited. I don't get to see movies during the fest. I have to wait and get the screeners afterwards. But as someone who loves boy bands and books boy bands here, 
and uh, was very close Wednesday to booking a member of NSYNC to play at this venue, but it fell through last minute. (laughs) I'm excited to talk to you, and before we started recording, we were talking about the definition of boy band versus man band. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess our definition of boy band comes from, because ours is... it's a film about fans. It's mm-hmm. a film told from, for, by, about the fans mm-hmm. or fangirls. And so our definition is based on that, that that's our perspective. Right. So in that, in that situation, a boy band is four or more members, mm-hmm. four or five. Um, three is, yeah, there is a few exceptions, but not really. Gray area, maybe. Gray area. Um, uh, brothers are not a boy band. Right, so no Hanson. No Hanson. No Jonas. Yeah. Okay. No Bros. Got it. No um, Which is deeply controversial. They have to start out, um, you know, all under 21. Right. And or, styled. And styled, you know. Um, and they're singing safe, cute songs. They, wa- they want to hold your hand. Right. You don't know you're beautiful. And right. I want it that way. They're all very safe, not very sexy. You know, because a 12-year-old girl has to sing it, and she's not... Right. They're not... These are formative years. You're starting in the awakening. They're not woke to this yet. You graduate from that, you know, you graduate from the Beatles to the Stones. You graduate from One Direction to even, you know, even Five Sauce or a bit more. Okay. But they're a little bit more overt, I Uh, think. I'm sure you're sick of people asking, but what is your favorite boy band? Um, I grew up in the... I mean, I think it's Backstreet Boys. I, I grew up in the 90s, Got and it. Mm-hmm. that's my, they're the ones that are in me. Well, I'm an NSYNC guy, so. We can't be friends anymore. Can, that's it. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the most controversial thing I've heard you say is that the Beatles started out as a boy band. Yeah. So let's chat about that real quick. Yeah, I mean. I assume you cover that in the film, of course. We do a bit. And, and again, I think we've got a four four amazing fans whose stories are told in the film, and they're, they're fans of One Direction, Backstreet Boys, Take That. We never broke in the U.S. too okay, huge, but right. they're massive overseas. Um, and a 64-year-old Beatles fan. Um, Excellent. If you look at the Beatles in those first years, they set the template. They were the foundational boy band. Right. Um, George Martin put them in uh, matching, matching outfits, and um, they were cute and cheeky and gorgeous, and they were singing, you know, safe, cute songs that okay. girls loved. And now, that's a boy band. You sure, said they the, evolved. The fan was 64, so did you make a joke about when I'm 64? We were very glad when she was 64. We didn't, it's not overt. It just, it's just a little dig. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> now, as a filmmaker, when you watch movies, and we're going to get into the stuff we always ask people, uh, when you're watching at home, what, do you have any special rituals or lighting or a special screen or a special snack you like? Or is it just kind of always on the go? Um, I'm trying to renew my vows as in I feel like I've started <laughs> cheating I've started cheating on movies the way that I watch them um, the, la- the last year I've started to you know put the phone away you know I've okay. started um, right. doing that because I was doing the multi-screen viewing at home and it felt wrong so I've sort of this year has been about re-renewing my um, dedication dedication and looking forward to the next 20 years together um beautiful going to the cinema and and you know a laptop in bed but the phone's off or phone's in the corner that's good yeah now when you were going to movies in the 90s in these formative years what was your favorite thing to sneak inside the movie 
your favorite snack? Oh, I think popcorn. I don't. Yeah, I'm not actually a huge snacker. Okay, so you just bought popcorn while you were Yeah, I mean, my favorite thing right now to eat at home is my mac and cheese. Right, okay, there you go. <laughs> that makes sense. Let her melt until be raisinets and I got angry on the inside. Except yeah. It's candy, it's raisins. Yeah. That doesn't count. That's no, it doesn't count. <laughs> no, uh, I haven't seen the film yet. I'm going to get a screener afterwards because I've been you know, yeah. to steal all the screeners from all the programmers Great. and watch them on my own but um, how fanatical are the people in the film? Like, what, what should people know if they go to see this film? Like, how, because it says I used to be normal. Yeah. So are they living abnormal lives now because of these boy bands? These four women have had their lives dramatically shaped by their boy band obsessions. Okay. But I would say this is a film for anyone who wants to get back in touch with their inner teenage self. It's <laughs> unashamedly um, a film that it sets out to... Um, surprise people about being a fan mm-hmm. and you know a lot of fan documentaries like find ways to pick the craziest fan and really make them feel yeah. um ostracized yeah look, and make them look weird or nasty mm-hmm. this is a film about um reclaiming the abnormal and going you know what being a fan is freaking cool right. and um all of the girls in our film to differing extents learn that about themselves That's that they used to be a teenager who screamed a lot and wasn't normal and they were ashamed of being a boy band mm-hmm. fan. Um, but ultimately, I think this film is about embracing your inner teenage girl. That's, and <laughs> That's be all cool I ever wanted to do. Is yeah, be cool. Be girl. cool. Be cool with that. Excellent. And now, uh, if someone wants to see the film, is there a way to see it yet? Or are we waiting for distribution? Um, there are a few things in, in the works. In the works. Fantastic. Um, we have... A few other we're playing London Film Festival in a few weeks and Wonderful. we have an Australian New Zealand distributor sewn up but um yeah there are things in the works that we can't can talk about yeah <laughs> I love that that's my favorite when everyone says I can't talk about yet and it makes me excited because <laughs> that means the gears are working yeah. Rita thank you so so much for being with us thank you so much Keith and guys you have to go check out I used to be normal <laughs> because I'm excited for it and you should be excited for it too <laughs> yay and that was our or my, rather, interview with Rita Walsh. You were busy that week. You were going around doing stuff at Fantastic Fest. I, spoiler alert, will not be involved in any of these interviews. I mean, not for the foreseeable future. No. Eventually. Eh. You don't care. I like to come in cold. I like to come in, like, here's the new stories, let's react. I'm a good soundboard. You are a good soundboard. Let's just hear and let's just talk these stories out. The that's, your, that's, your middle, that's your nickname now. Your, your middle name is Mason Soundboard Shear. Well, at least I have one. That's fine. <laughs> All right, I don't, I don't get that. All right, uh, that's the end of episode two. Yeah, we did it. Yay! Two episodes. We're not canceled yet. Yeah, they have not uh, cut us off. Yeah. Has there been any reaction to the first one yet? Uh, I all I got was a bunch of angry emails about uh, Mike Brady not adopting his children. Oh, good. Now we're a real podcast. Everything gets ignored. All the big nor- all the big stories get ignored. But we're gonna focus on the one tiny bullshitty thing. There was a big thing to screw up. So I apologize for that to our intrepid listeners. Uh, Thank you, Rita Walsh, for doing that interview. Thank you, our co-host, Mason Shear. Hey, I don't have anything to plug. That's fine. Thank you so much to everyone listening. Please review us on iTunes if you're so inclined. Email us at 5x5film at gmail.com with any questions, concerns, or criticisms. Thank you, Dan Benjamin and Hattie Cook at the 5x5 Network. And we'll see you next week with another 5x5 of the movies. Roll credits.